This is the West Coast Project podcast for Better Call Saul, and we're up to Breaking Bad episode 511, Confessions. My name is Mike, and I'm here with Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hello. Kelly, do you have any fun facts to confess for Confessions? Well, I must confess that this is the episode that Aaron Paul won an Emmy for, for supporting actor for a drama series. Oh, that's good to know. I didn't realize that. Yes. You know, as we recap these, I I have to say I really forget. I know Breaking Bad's a great show, but I really forget what a roller coaster ride this is. Yeah, it's hard to pick. Why? I wonder why this one. Why do you think he got such good credit for this one? You think this was his best episode? No, I don't. Um, Kelly Dixon, the editor, uh, this is her favorite episode. Uh, I mean, he's a great actor. I don't know why in this particular, maybe just the emotion, the range of emotion he shows with what we what he goes through. Why did Kelly Dixon like it? Uh, she really liked the editing, and she just really, she didn't expect all the stuff, like the video and the things that we're going to get into. Uh, so, you know, her as an editor was really kind of right along with us, uh, where they, she wasn't expecting any of this stuff. Yeah, I think the last four episodes of this last season are the stellar four. Yes. And this is all leading up. This is like the freight train get, gaining speed, but those last four are just so good. Mm-hmm, I agree. Well, this one's good, too, so let's talk about it. So we, we um, I guess what struck me most about this episode is how much ground they covered. Um, we do this podcast, and I take notes, and just like I wrote a million notes. I'll, they did so much in this episode. I did too. <laughs> Maybe that answers my first question: Why they got the Emmy? Why um, Jesse got the Emmy? But um, starts out Todd's calling Walt from this Route sixty six diner in Arizona, and uh, makes a really simple statement about Declan: some problems with Declan, but don't worry, we've got it all cleaned up. It's all taken care of. Um, and then he talks about the train heist. He tells uh, his uncle Jack and his cousin Kenny about the train heist. And he just describes it as perfect, Kelly. He doesn't even mention Drew Sharp. Right. That's that's what I caught as well. I mean, what a diabolical kid. You know, everything went great, and he's boasting to his uncles. And those weird uncles that stare at the waitress's butt for way longer than normal, they're just gross. Um, but, yeah, he's just like, oh, it went great. Well, no, you murdered a kid. Yeah, you know, I think the math on Kenny, the the younger guy, is Jack is his uncle, too. I think that makes Kenny and Todd cousins. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because Kenny calls Jack Uncle Jack, too. And, you know, the genius behind the music is uh, this one, the the song called Gonna Romp and Stomp by Slim Rhodes. Uh, It's a slang term for, you know, romper stomper for skinhead. And, you know, just the little things that you would never notice. Yeah. Yeah, and it looks like after Todd, he's kind of entertaining them with this train heist story about the freight train with the methylamine. Um, Jack starts to interview him a little bit, like, okay, so you think you can handle this cook? And um, then he says, let's make some money. And this is the third time we've heard it now, Kelly. We heard it from Tuco first, then Lydia, and now Uncle Jack. Right, and if you remember back at Dead Freight, how Walt was absolutely adamant that no one would ever... And then this little chatty Kathy, you know, was telling his uncles about this caper. Yeah, we're learning a lot about Todd here. Todd is a sociopath. He can talk about these things like it's a fun little caper. But mm-hmm. I mean, this kid got killed. 
you know, it wasn't just a whim. It was like a really bad, negative, horrible thing. And then, you know, they melted his body. He was part of that. Right. Pretty bad. Uh, but then Jack shows he's got some of that in him. He just cleans the blood off his boot, Declan's blood off his boot in the bathroom, throws it away like, oh, well, what, whatever. You know, that reminded me of when Mike did it. Um, when he got in a fight with, or what did he what did he wipe his boot off for? I don't remember. Mike Mike wipes his shoe off at the bar. Yeah, but I don't think it was for a murder. But was it when he shot up the people? Maybe it was when he shot up the people in that warehouse. Yeah. Yep. No, so it was murder. I, I just hate <laughs> to equate Mike with Jack. Mike yeah. seems like a good criminal. Jack's a bad criminal. Mm-hmm. Good guys and bad guys. But then they drive off with the methylamine tank, and this answers, I guess, our questions. We, we kind of knew, but we hinted at it last podcast, that who got the methylamine and what happened to that cooking operation. And kind of Declan had it, now it's taken over by the, the uncles of anarchy, the, the Nazis. <laughs> right. So that was it. Then we got the opening credits, and we jump right back into where we were set up from last episode. Uh, Jesse's at the Albuquerque PD. He's all dazed and confused. He's just zoned out. And Hank shuts off the camera and kind of talks to him man-to-man. Hank looks more determined now, Kelly. He's got his shit together from the time he looked like when he was with Skyler. He's got a plan. He's formulated some sort of a plan, it seems like. Right, because he knows that really Jesse's kind of his only hope. I mean, Skyler's not going to flip. Walt's obviously not going to flip. And Jesse's kind of in a in a um, situation where he's kind of vulnerable. Yeah, Jesse's not sold yet, though. He he says, "Why don't you try to beat it out of me?" He's he's pretty mad still at Hank. Right, exactly. There's no way that yeah. That's I I never thought he would squeal. So this has just been a really crazy episode. It's pretty interesting to watch Hank's anger surge as he vocalizes how Walt fooled him. He kind of gives us all a recap of all the stuffs Hank all the stuff that Walt's done right under Hank's nose, and you can tell he's getting pretty mad as he's remembering it all. Right. So then Saul comes in. So Saul, of course, shuts it down. Saul shut down more police interrogations than any lawyer I can remember on TV. Um, but he says, so long, Rocky, and sends Hank away. Um, then he chastises Jesse for throwing that money away in public. That really has put... This, this caused a lot of trouble for for a lot of people on Team Walt and Team Saul, just throwing the money away. Right, and I like his uh, his line. You will, uh, you must understand my complete lack of chill. And uh, he's still wearing that Wayfarer pin, still. Oh yeah, I didn't even <laughs> notice that. Uh, I keep kind of looking for it to see how long are they going to have him wearing that. It was only four years ago. He's got to drum up business. <laughs> right. It was only a year and a half, and season time mm-hmm. but um next shot or next scene we see walt at home and he says use the money i gave you to and i guess that means to bail jesse out to get jesse out of jail he's talking to walt and saul talking on the phone right you think that's what it's what, what the reference was well as we a little later ahead when um jesse's taking off with the disappearer um, I, I hadn't noticed this the first time, but he, he says your predecessor left you some extra money. So I don't know if he always had a little bit of extra money in case Jesse got into trouble somehow. Yeah, so I guess he probably didn't bail Jesse out of jail because Hank was using Jesse, so he probably didn't charge him with anything. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. That would probably was disappearer money at that point. Yeah. Um, and we see Walt trying to use makeup on his black eye. Pretty horribly, pretty bad makeup job. Kelly, I'm a guy I've never tried to put makeup on, but I would probably do something that looked like what was on Walt's face. Right, yeah. And I, I, it's, it's so perfect because he's looking through these foundations and trying to match them up. And as a woman, it's funny uh, just the, what he tries to do there. Uh, but, yeah, he's trying to hide it from Walt Jr. <laughs> it's pretty heavy. He pretty much overdoes it, puts heavy, too much heavy makeup on. Right, it's, it's drawing too much attention. Yeah, better to have just a black guy. Um, so Walt tells Junior that he passed out and not hit his eye or knocked his eye and that it's his shadow of cancer is back and he had new chemo and the chemicals and the chemo kind of made him pass out. Um, and Junior asks a pretty good audience question here, Kelly. He says, what now? And he's implying like, what's up with the cancer? But it's a great question that we as the audience are asking, God, what the hell now? What's going to happen now? Right, and didn't and Walt came clean with the cancer because um, Walt Jr. was heading out the door. Was need to go talk to um, Marie. Yeah. 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 Marie had just called and said, "Oh, we have we need help with our computer or something." And Walt was hip to that real quick that he knew Marie was trying to use uh, Walt Jr. Yeah, poor Jr.'s getting tugged and pulled all different directions. Yeah, so Manipula Walt brings the, plays the cancer card again to keep him sad and keep him from going there, which worked. But don't you think the worst kind of lie is a half lie, half truth, half lie? It's like sort of true. He's, cancer is back, and it may be a reason why he passed out. It's, it's better to just, if you're going to lie, lie. Don't pretend that it's almost the truth. It seems worse to me that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Marie wants to trick junior away from him and get him over at her house and junior won't leave so that's good walt manipulates junior and marie's trying to manipulate him but he wants to stay with his dad which i guess was good i'm kind of glad he stayed and back we do see marie with hank and she's she learns that hank still is keeping these secrets from the dea he hasn't told anybody about this discovery he's made about his brother-in-law walt Marie's pretty mad about this. She's nagging at him to tell somebody. Well, Hank has been pitching to his superiors, you know, many times before and has been, has been rebuffed. So now this is like he's got to come in and admit that this was right under his nose. So I think he feels like if I could just catch him, if I, then I can redeem myself. But he's not going to go in there without some sort of proof. He's pretty... He's pretty ballsy. You know, Marie's trying to be safe. Marie's more worried about some something bad happening, I think. Um, right. I, I agree with Hank. I'd say keep your mouth shut and try to solve the case, then go in there. And maybe he feels like it's not as much of a threat because he's dealing with his brother-in-law. Yeah, it's a tough one. Because mm-hmm. it turns out Marie's right. For all in picking on Marie, because I don't, I don't like Marie and never really did like her, she actually turns out to be right. Maybe for the wrong reason, but she's right. So we jump to Walton Schuyler now, Kelly. Now, this video, I was, like, absolutely floored when I found out about this video. Do you remember your initial reaction when you saw this confession? Well, uh, yes, I was with you. I was completely shocked and unexpected, and uh, it reminded me of when he was um, in the beginning in the pilot, when he was doing, when the, um, he thought the police were coming to him out in the RV in the, one of the first scenes. Yeah, my name is Walter Harwell White. I live at whatever, whatever, whatever. 
But I was shocked both ways, Kelly. I was shocked that he was confessing, and then I was shocked when I found out what he actually said. I was shocked twice. I was shocked to learn that Brian Cranston did that whole uh, dialogue in one shot. Yeah, I was shocked. Yeah, every, everything about it, I couldn't believe it. Now, were you shocked that they went through this Mexican taqueria and didn't get any food? <laughs> I was shocked they didn't get the tableside guacamole from Trent, which is a real item there. That's a that's a local Albuquerque chain. Yeah, did you go to that restaurant? I did not. I didn't make it over there. Okay, there's a couple other places I think in this episode I want to ask you if you want to, but so yeah, this dinner at Garduno's to talk to Walt and Skyler invite Hank and Marie to talk. And it's really stiff and cold and really sad, this whole tableside conversation. I mean, it reminded me of how much they've lost, because it wasn't so long ago they were sitting around the table at the pool really having a great conversation. You know, and it reminds me of the talking pillow uh, when they were all sitting around discussing how he was going to handle his cancer. And if you look closely in the beginning, you can see uh, Skylar and Marie looking at each other, but not looking at each other, like kind of catching glances at each other. Because we have to remember that they're sisters, and out of all this bullshit, you know, they're they're being divided. Yeah, yeah. Um, Skylar looked lost, like she could not find a comfortable place to set her eyes. Pretty good. Right. Pretty good acting there again, Anakin. So, yeah, tableside guac, anyone? Nope, nobody. They want to just keep talking. Um, Walt wants to keep the kids and keep them out of this whole dilemma. And Hank says, bullshit, they're going to know exactly what happens when I bust through the front door and arrest you. Um, So, Walt, they go back and forth a little bit like this. Walt says, you have no evidence. The guac guy comes back again. (laughs) He comes in at always the most tense, uncomfortable times about this tableside guacamole. You know, they, they talk about these daytime actors, meaning like the just the small roles that these people get, and they come on set with all these, you know, stars that are all comfortable with each other. And could you imagine being the guy that has to film that scene with these top-rated actors? It's just got to be a surreal experience. I don't think it'd be as hard as being a waiter trying to bring guacamole to four people like this. Exactly. <laughs> like, how, how intimidating and, yeah, and such a tense scene. And it gets up even, ramps up even more, I think, when Marie starts to dig in on Skylar. Um, Skylar tries to say, look, it's all over. This whole thing you caught us at is not ongoing. And I think I remember from the Insider podcast, Kelly, that they, this actually implies more criminal guilt than her not saying anything at all. Yes. Right? Yep, we, I would have to agree with that. If you're a criminal, criminal, it's better to say nothing than to say, look, it's over. I'm not doing it anymore. Cause that means you did it at one point. Well, I guess that, you know, Hank's already onto them and they have to try to play the family card and the cancer card and the Walt jr. Card and the kid card, you know, well, Hey, we're, this isn't going on anymore. We're done with it. But then, you know, you've got Marie saying, well, why don't you just kill yourself, Walt, which was pretty shocking to hear her say that as well. Yeah, and Skylar says that's not an option. And then Hank faces off with Skylar and says, "It's you, you know, you're just as bad too. You knew about this and you helped him, helped him get away with it." So it really amped up. It's ramped up like two or three levels with with these other people that you you wouldn't think would be interacting so in, intimately. Hank and Skylar, Marie and Skylar, not just Hank versus Walt. 
Right, yeah, the whole family is just obliterated at this point, except, you know, and you think, like, that uh, Marie and Skyler would stick together, but you can see they're divided. Well, Hank does what he does best. He just says, look, why don't you stand up and be a man and admit what you've done? And Walt does stand up, but he doesn't admit what he's done. He slides a DVD across the table. So, no guac, but they got a DVD out of it. And we're going to see them next watch that DVD. That was an awesome scene. I I guess the more you think about this, this was a pretty good episode, Emmy-wise. Right, yeah. And it's, you know, you watch the two of them standing there, and there's so many memes with that uh, video, or with that scene with her and him watching the video. Yeah, Uh, people have hacked it up pretty good. Yeah, I mean, would you were were you expecting Walt to come clean when he handed them that DVD? Yeah, I was too. Yeah, I didn't. You know, I thought that was huge that he would come clean with like a true confession. But Gilligan one upped us all here, one upped me at least, and I thought, God, he's he just became like another another level of great writer by coming up with this this little scene that he created here with the fake confession. Right, and you know what? Jennifer uh, Hutchinson wrote this episode, and she just did a tweet yesterday, speaking of Saul, uh, that they're already starting to write for Better Call Saul Season 2. So, we've got some exciting stuff to look forward to. Yeah, if it's like this, it's it's nothing but good. Right. So, here's what was on the DVD. Walt says, Hank, if you're listening to this, Hank's probably murdered me. Um, he built an empire of drug distribution and made me the chemist. He uses my chemical knowledge to sell meth through his DEA connections. And Walt says, I was stunned. I was reeling from cancer. He made me come along on a ride along and I was too weak to resist. He just connects all the dots really efficiently in a total fabricated lie. Hank's partner was Gus. Uh, he sold me into servitude, I guess, to Gus. Fring then tried to hit Hank and got Hank hurt. Walt helped pay Hank's bills, or Hank made him pay the bills. Then Hank tried to kill Gus with Hector. He was all too frightened. Hank took away my children. My wife didn't know any of this. When I tried to quit, Hank beat me. I still live in fear that he's going to kill me and my family. And this video is my story to tell the truth. Man, it it was a great video. I mean, it's just believable. Like, everything added up in the video, and the lie in the video, right? It was um, absolutely genius, but he also has the big kicker is that we were paying for his medical bills. It was 177000 I believe. And then, you know, Hank's like, is this true? And, of course, Marie's all her color runs out of her face. Like, oh, shit, yep. So they really cemented themselves into looking guilty with that. Well, Marie's advice first before that bomb drops on Hank is to show this. She's she's like, reveal it, show it, show it, tell somebody, please tell the DEA. And for the same reasons, Hank doesn't want to. Um, But yeah, when he finds out that she got money from them, that was like Hank finding, or that was like Walt finding out that Skyler gave that money to Ted. But he's saying, well, Hank's saying like it's more of a threat, isn't he? Like, she's like, go to the police. He's like, no, this is more of a threat right now. Yeah, it's so, not real. Well, he's not really going to use it. It's right. it's it's, hang, it's an axe hanging over our heads. He's right about that. Mm-hmm. But he's also right that 
him them getting money them them benefic- being beneficiaries of this criminal wall makes them complicit makes them look really guilty right i mean i don't know how he got thought of all that to put it together but it works perfectly do you think kelly do you think marie was like skylar in getting the money and using it and cuz marie and skylar both kind of messed up their husbands by the way they handled the money well, I know that Marie had that conversation with the health insurance person, and it didn't seem very promising, and she really wanted Hank to walk again. So her intentions were nothing but pure, and she thought that Walt was gambling. Yeah, I'm not bl- I'm not really blaming her, but, but Hank is kind of right that it did put them into an awkward spot. But you're right in that Hank would not probably be even out of the hospital or be in a bed somewhere if she didn't do this. Right. Oh, boy. All right, so next we see Saul and Jesse in the desert. Uh, Saul's really nervous. He's we. I didn't know who was coming to meet them. I didn't know if it was like a hitman or somebody, but I really didn't expect it to be Walt. No, if you look at the very beginning of the scene, before we even see any characters, you see little Patty the tarantula, and I know we've been trying to kind of figure out what the symbolism is on the spider, and I still have not found the answer. I've been looking uh, but there, that's the second or third time she's shown up. That's not supposed to be the same spider that Todd kept from Drew, is it? No, but that's the same spider they use at Patty, the spider from the Pet Palace. They keep showing these tarantulas showing up. Like, what is the significance? I don't know. But the, the scene here, it was five degrees out in the way in the beginning of the morning. And if you notice, they have their hands in their pockets. They had... Ten, you know, a couple uh, hand warmers in their pockets because uh, it looks like it's hot out most of the time. It does. It looks warm. It actually looks nice. It looks warm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have to act through that stuff, but they said they would just run back into their cars the second they had to break. Yeah, Kelly, I'm really interested in the road, that road from nowhere. We've seen it a couple times, like that scene had it, and the scene where the cousins came in from Mexico and the truck with the hay brought all the people. It's like a mm-hmm. rutted single lane road just going across the the prairie, desert prairie, and it looks like it'd be a cool road to check out. Did you go on any roads like that when you were in Albuquerque or anywhere around Albuquerque? No, I wish I could have. That would have been cool. I don't I don't I didn't know where any of those were. And they drive on those roads cool. they drive on those roads with their regular cars. It's not like a Jeep or a special four wheeler. It looks like a car a car could go down that road. Mm-hmm. Anyway, pretty weird. But um, Walt shows up and checks Saul. Uh, he checks Saul's car for GPS. He's he's worried that Saul's either got a GPS on purpose or he's had one stuck on his car. And Saul shows his debugger the radio. He's, Saul's got all the newest, coolest devices, I guess, to be a criminal. But um, there's no bug and. Jesse tells Walt the update, what what Hank knows. He knows he's Heisenberg, wants me to inform on you, but hasn't told the rest of the DEA yet. And Walt sends Saul away. Saul, did you buy that Saul was this uh, malleable? That Kelly, that he would just be sent away by Walt like this? Well, I don't know how much um, Saul wants to be involved in their conversations at this point. You know, I think he's hoping that this kind of all goes away. Um, but I need to point out, and I did a fun fact on this, actually, on my Breaking Bad Fun Facts 
page is when they're standing there discussing um, Walt is covering up the L of lawyer up on the back of Saul's car on his license plate, and it now says wire up, which um, is a theory that people have for the next episode with Jesse. Oh, uh, somebody's wearing a wire. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, because he does wire up in the next episode, but it's just kind of interesting that he would... Some people think it's a mistake. I think it was on purpose. Probably on purpose. They don't they don't leave much to chance in this, in right. this great show. Um, but Walt gives Jesse a bunch of bullshit. Why don't you start a family, meet a girl, start a family? And Jesse buys into it, doesn't buy into it, sees through it right away and just says, stop, stop bullshitting for once and tell me the truth. Um, he knows Walt wants him gone, wants him to just disappear so he can save himself, so Walt can save himself. Um, and he thinks if he doesn't leave on purpose, Walt will kill him because he knows he killed Mike. He knows it. He knows everything. Right. He said, I need you to believe me. Remember, you mentioned that. He said, I need you to believe me a couple times. And uh, Jesse's thinking we're way out in the middle of nowhere, and here you are telling me, oh, I should go and being all fatherly. You know, and, and Aaron Paul himself, you know, we, never, we don't really know much about, like, what they think is the actors playing these parts. Uh, but he was in agreement with us, you know, thinking that Walter White was trying to manipulate him. Uh, but now, you know, uh, Jesse's grown up. He is not being manipulated by Walt anymore. Yeah. How about that hug? How Walt hugs Jesse Kelly. How much of that hug was real? None of it. See, I'm not sure about that. I think Walt... <laughs> I think, and it comes up somewhere later, I don't know if it's this, end of this episode or the next one. Somewhere in here, I'm still convinced Walt loves Jesse. No, I agree with you. I'm kidding. Um, I, I do think that he does care for Jesse. I think he's he's always had a soft spot for him. And, you know, even with Hank, Hank's starting to pick up on the fact that he's got one thing that he can get through to Walt with is using Jesse you know, which we see later. But, no, I think his hug was somewhat genuine. But he will, as we see later on, that, you know, just even though he cares about Jesse, he will do any anything to protect his family and himself. Yeah, yeah. And and he comes back for Jesse, too. So, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a very complicated thing. And how much Jesse wasn't just crying because he was afraid. I think he felt really super alone. And, like, I wish I could let this guy love me, but I can't. He's such a criminal and so such a liar. But I want to let him love me. I mean, it seemed really complicated, pretty layered. Yeah, I can really see now why he won the Emmy for this one. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. I, I see more now that I review this with you. So, yeah, back at the car. Yeah, romance, and I've always been on, I've always wanted Walt to save Jesse, always. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, so, back at the car wash... Walt's working, and Skyler's a zombie. Walt has a chemo appointment and asks her to take over. And I guess he just, uh, you know, he just tells her it worked. We're fine. This whole DVD confession thing. Uh, he's either a bu- total bullshitter or he believes a little of it himself. I, th- I kind of think he may believe that he's super powerful enough to that it, that it would have worked. But he's trying to convince Skyler of this, and I don't know how much she believes of it. Well, he can say we're fine, but she's lost her sister, she's lost her her family, you know, her husband's a crazy person, and, 
she doesn't have her sister anymore. And her her acting, Anna Gunn's acting is phenomenal, too. She just looks like she's just about dead. Yeah, maybe that's why it's so hard to pick out Jesse for the Sammy, because everybody else is, the whole crew of them are acting just so, so great. Um, so Hank's doing bullshit paperwork at his office, and Gomi shows up, um, and he's mad. He's like, why are you watching Pinkman with my guys? And Hank just says, I'll take them off, but he doesn't say why. And and now Hank can't even talk to Gomi, it seems like. He's got his secrets even from Gomi. Right, and Gomi gets offended by it uh, and doesn't understand, but obviously, once again, and again, you know, Gomi's really just, he never really seems to have Hank's back in anything. He's always kind of second-guessing him. So I can see why Hank would just take this on a solo mission and not even ask uh, Gomez to help him. Yeah, I don't know. I think Gomi got. I think Gomi was pissed that you're you're using my my job, my mm-hmm. risking my status in my job. But also, you're my friend, and you're not telling me what's going on. Both of those are probably working. Uh, but it's disappearer time, Kelly. Saul and Jesse talk and. Saul tells him about it and sets it all up and gives Jesse the allowance that I think we were referring to earlier. And Jesse immediately lights up a joint and tries to smoke right in in Saul's office. And uh, Saul takes it away and Jesse says, no, I'm going to keep it. Now, there's a reason for this I know later on in this episode that triggers the whole revelation from Jesse. But what do you think Jesse, why do you think Jesse would have lit a joint up in what 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 was the story in the plot? Why why would he light up a joint? Just stress. Well, I think because as he's doing that, Saul's discussing you know the disappear. You're never going to be able to see your family again. This is it, kid. And you know we don't know if if Jesse's been doing drugs again. It seems like later on in the in the if if not in this episode, the next one that he's you know doing a lot of coke. Um, so he's probably just so nervous and doesn't really give a shit what Saul thinks, you know. Well, that would be my guess. You know, it's just nerves. He's scared out of his mind. Yeah, so when, like, life's problems rise up against him, he resorts to drugs. He's done that before. Uh, but right. he gets a Hello Kitty phone out of it. He lost his phone somewhere, I guess, and the police got him or somehow. But he got a Hello Kitty phone from, from uh, Saul's drawer. And Saul suggests he goes to Florida, and Jesse starts thinking, and he says, hmm, what about Alaska? He gets really dreamy with this Alaska thought. He does. And, you know, once again, you've got that comic relief there. You know, that Hello Kitty phone is hilarious amidst all the sadness. So he tries to work his way past Huel out the doorway, and Huel pickpockets the pot out of his pocket. And um, this is the big tip-off that we needed as as audience viewers, as viewers, to to learn the whole thing about Brock. And then once dropped off and waiting for the disappearer, he realizes that his pot is gone. And um, this kind of, the light bulb comes on for Jesse. Kelly, did you go to to that gravestone pickup spot where the disappearer was supposed to be? I sure did, and they call it the Dragon Teeth, uh, which is the local... Uh, name for it, but yeah, I was right there. In fact, my Breaking Bad fun facts: the my main picture on my page on Facebook is me standing on one of those graveyard pillars. But if you go up to the very top, you have a 360 view of the mountains and the city, and it's breathtaking. What is that for real? Is that some sort of a dam or something? Yeah, it's a dam, I believe. Okay, yeah, I was it looks, looks like, cool. oh my god, I can't believe that Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul actually stood here. So I was a little bit more awestruck 
dumb celebrity struck. But yeah, it's it's just like that. And I wore my yellow cook suit, uh, so I got a lot of looks from passerbys. But I think Albuquerque's pretty much used to us weird Breaking Bad fans. Did Robert Robert Forster give you a ride? No, I was waiting for him. He was late. <laughs> oh man. So back at Saul's, uh, Jesse realizes the the jig is up. He realizes what happened, and he goes back to Saul's and immediately slugs him in the mouth. Gets the gun out of his drawer and hides and holds it on him until Saul confesses. And, and again, this kind of audience service, I think, confesses the whole rice and cigarette deal. The whole Brock thing was confusing, and I think it was pretty good of them to do this because it because it made us all think back. Like it also makes Jesse very angry with Walt, almost. He's, he can't ever be forgiven for doing this to Brock. And Jesse storms out of there to go, I thought, to see Hank, but he doesn't go to see Hank. Uh, we're going to learn later. At the car wash, in, in, in the next scene, Wall arrives to see Skyler still looking like a zomb- zombie. He gets a gun from that Coke machine. That gun was frozen, Kelly. Do you think it was, like, overdone a little bit? It looked almost too cold. Um, yeah, it was a little overkill probably, but this is where we're going to start hearing the dumbest lies, lies from Walter White that I've heard so far. He just comes up with some really stupid shit here. Um, but let me circle back really quick to where, uh, Aaron Paul and Bob Odenkirk are fighting. You know, Bob Odenkirk's a comic as a comedian. You know, this was the first time that he's done any type of dramatic acting, and he told Aaron that this was the highlight of his career, having this fight, because he's always done all the, you know, the one-liners and Mr. Show. So, you know, I'm wondering if we'll see any type of confrontations in Better Call Saul. I think that would be fun. That's funny, because it wasn't much of a fight. It was just him getting his ass kicked. Yeah, he just really liked the, you know, the whole fight, the whole male fighting, I guess. But, yeah, he really liked that. So what were some of the lies? Do you remember any of them at the car wash? I, you know, I know Walt, Walt was really giving Skyler like flimsy, flimsy excuses, but do you remember anything he said? Yeah, what, well, first of all, one of my favorite parts is when he comes flying up to the door and you see him rushing out the car and then he composes himself at the door and then walks in. I don't know why. That's one of my, fun, that's one of my favorite things that he does. Um, but, yeah, he's talking about how the Coke machine latch isn't working and he has to go check it out when he didn't even have to tell her anything. Skylar's just like, yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah. And I guess we got to say when Jesse, after Jesse and Saul had that fight, Jesse zooms off in Saul's car. Yes. So he goes to the White's house with gas and from um, somewhere that he got in Saul's car, pulls up to the driveway on a bad angle and rushes in and... It kind of this episode ends there. We're wondering, left wondering, to see what happens. But Kelly, I remember thinking back at the time that things are irreversible now. The plot, you can't go back after what Jesse's doing with this gas in the living room of the White's house. You can't go back on that. There's no forgiving that. Nope. There's no forgiving Hank, or Hank can't forgive Walt, and Marie can't forgive Skyler. Or at least you know she's going to try. There's a lot of people who aren't going to be able to go back to normal. Jesse's never going to forgive Walt for all the killings and Brock. And as we see, Walt's going to have a hard time forgiving Jesse for what he's about ready to do. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that people are pissed off about. Yeah, the bell's been rung and it can't be unrung. Exactly. 
So that was it for 511 Confessions. We're getting close to our beginning of Better Call Saul, the reason we put this whole podcast together. But there are five episodes left in Breaking Bad, and they're all five pretty good ones. If you want to reach us, you can look at the website, West Coast Project, and look up the Better Call Saul podcast. Or you can find Kelly's websites, and Kelly, your websites are what? Breaking Bad Fun Facts and Better Call Saul Fun Facts on Instagram and uh, Breaking Bad Fun Facts on Facebook. And what's your Twitter? It is BRBA underscore Fun Facts. And mine is at Scathing Tweets. And until 512, Rabbit Dog, I'll talk to you later, Kelly. All right. Things are heating up. Yep, they sure are. <laughs>